Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I think sometimes we can fall in the trap of isolating specific foods or specific nutrients and really focusing on that as if it's a magic bullet to all of our problems. That's the Vegan Society's new dietitian, Chantal Tomlinson, who will be coming up in part two of today's podcast, answering all your health questions. But before that, we kick off the show by discussing Zac Efron's decision to turn his back on veganism and the backlash on social media. And Molly and I will also be reviewing the new frozen range by this, new steak slices from Squeaky Bean and some sweet and salty peanut butter from Pippa Nut. I'm not too bad, my love. All the better for seeing your beautiful face. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it's been a bit of a week, hasn't it, with um, the news that Queen Elizabeth passed away last Friday. Um, and obviously, I know, I think that's sort of, you know, divided some yeah. some people, especially in the vegan community, because we posted about it, didn't we, on um, Facebook and yes. Instagram. And um, yeah, it definitely did um sort of uh attract very different responses yeah I I didn't expect it but also of course I expected it I think that um the majority of the comments that were shared um was sort of along the lines of she was a hunter um you know how can you pay respects to someone that didn't respect animals etc um and I think it's I don't know. I understand where people are coming from and I definitely I definitely hear their anger and their frustration. I just think that there's a time and a place and I think that some are, some battles aren't worth fighting and I think that in this instance it's like use that energy to sort of do something a bit more productive, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think it, it showed a lot of it showed a bit of a nasty side. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's. I mean, social media has these problems, doesn't it? Where people yeah. do, I think, feel like they're not, you know, they're they're not accountable for. 
Yeah. So um, I think people maybe, yeah, maybe are quit more quick to express views that are a bit divisive. Um, yeah. I mean, I think whether whether you were a staunch royalist or anti-monarchy you know it has been a, a very momentous week hasn't it with all the scenes in yeah. London and everything it's just been a bit overwhelming I'm not gonna lie I feel like on Friday I was just a bit like oh just it great it was just constantly like on my phone I felt like I was just constantly looking and just reading and just meme after meme after meme was just like flooding my phone and my brain was just like you just need to get off that now because it just become a bit of a weird a weird thing that I don't know yeah my brain struggled to process it but yeah it's I understand why as I said why people maybe you know um you know would maybe disagree with us sharing a post whatever but I think as I said a time and a place and yeah yeah I think it was a you know a respectful thing to do um I mean this you know brings us on sort of to the conversation as a whole doesn't it about you know about being judgmental because when when I chat to the vegan queens um I think it was it last week or the week before the week before yeah and they were saying you know about not judging people and if if someone you know, I know this is slightly different, but if someone comes to veganism um, through a love of animals and isn't looking after their health, but, but they're happy to eat vegan junk food, then, uh-huh. you know, respect that, give them their dues. And if someone is trying to become vegan, you know, obviously we've heard that Prince Charles is going to have a vegan Christmas lunch this year. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's big on the environment, isn't he? And, and, you know, who knows, maybe he will start to go down that route. I know he has like meat free days and stuff, but yeah, it's this argument. And then obviously we've got the news this week that Zach Efron, um, after two years, isn't vegan anymore. And again, it's this sort of, um, attracted a lot of backlash. Yeah. It's, it's strange, isn't it? I think it's so funny when we do talk about sort of, especially celebrities I think that um sort of we focus so much on them not being vegan anymore and we get so angry and so pent up and as you say really judgmental really really quickly and I think going back to what I said earlier that's such a waste of energy and I think you could be using that to be you know encourage someone else maybe or just to further your activism or whatever way that might be I think it's such a I don't know. It's not, I'm not one of these people that sort of goes on Facebook posts or social media posts or whatever, and sort of leaves a troll sort of comment. I just think what, what use is that doing? Yeah. A, that person is net, like specifically if they are in a celebrity category, like that person is never, ever, ever going to hit, see that comment. <laughs> I get it's maybe about engaging with the community, but I think when it's just complete, like just bollocks, I'm sorry. <laughs> But it just, I I just don't, I don't understand it. I get why people are angry, but I think, as I said, do something else with that energy because putting it on a social media post is just not going to get anywhere. And if anything, it's going to, as we said before, you know, just make people not want to even consider being a vegan because if they see that, you know, this is the response, if you slip up or if you stop being a vegan, then it's just like, well, I'm not going to bloody bother, am I? Yeah, yeah. That's those are such good points, actually. Um, I mean, it's it's it is a shame, isn't it, when 
when such high profile sort of actors, actresses, whatever, come out, singers like Miley Cyrus a few years ago, um, come out as saying they're not vegan anymore. Yeah. I mean, in, in 2018, um, Zac Efron said it's completely changed the way his body works, the way that he metabolizes food and turns into energy, the way that he sleeps. It's been great for exercise and for his routine. And obviously now, you know, a few years later, um, he's he's uh had an interview with men's health and he's now eating elk and offal so it seems quite a <laughs> quite a big sort yeah, of that, swing in the other direction quite a radical change to the the other side i mean what even is elf elf as in like uh, no elf. not elf not elf <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's eating elves, elves. <laughs> oh we, we will be up in arms about this you can't eat the elf what about christmas no uh, elk so, um, oh. I mean, he did that, um, was it down to earth? So he's been sort of traveling, hasn't he, a lot. So, you know, but he has said morally he wishes he was still vegan. So, you know, maybe he just needs to, maybe he just needs to go and see a dietitian and get, get that sorted out. And it was something go back to. Yeah, I feel like in the story that we shared, his sort of response was he wasn't digesting vegetables properly. Yeah. Which. I suppose, you know, everyone's body is completely different. And yeah, we are not the ones to be passing judgment or whatever and saying, well, he should be doing this. This yeah. should be a sort of dietitian's um, that he should go and seek. But um, who was it? Bear Grylls sort of did something very similar a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, even, I think. So he was obviously vegan. And then he um, completely transitioned into this like complete carnivore um, and just went on to like eating bone marrow and just like very, just not traditional parts of meats and like drinking blood and stuff like that. It's just, it is, and it tends to sort of be, um, am I going to be right in saying this sort of like more, muscular men that are kind of very very focused on their health very very focused on their physique I might be totally wrong I might be totally wrong but I mean the two people that we've just talked about are pretty known for their fitness and yeah 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 I mean I think you know I think um as the vegan queens were saying sorry to bring them up again but you know they they rightly said that the future of the movement needs to be inclusive and it needs to be you know respectful of each other and and if someone's yeah if someone's turning their back on veganism don't kind of go all all out kind of against them because then it's almost like make them think well why would I go back I've made the right decision those lot are crazy (laughs) you need to be welcoming you need to be supported you need to be okay yes maybe I don't think that this is the right decision but you know you can always come back to this and this is something that you could always pick back up again. And I think that's what people need to remember. This isn't like a you're in or you're out situation. I think I read, I genuinely think, and this is something that I think a lot of people do agree with as well. Everyone doing veganism in or plant-based eating imperfectly is so much better than a, a minority doing it perfectly and it being, you know, us against them kind of attitude I think that that just isn't sustainable it's not going to work and it's not going to you know spark conversation with other people 
and whereas if you're sort of doing it imperfectly and trying it three four days a week you then build up and it becomes part of your lifestyle and and just ultimately you will just reduce your impact on the planet altogether if you weren't doing you know if you were only doing it one day a week whatever yeah still makes a difference well, we've got off to a bit of a heavy start to today. I know. Should we know. lighten the mood a bit? Yeah, baby, <laughs> let's go. Let's talk about Cathedral City Cheese. Oh, oh my God. I know. I don't know why you're saying that. You hate cheese, but it's been all over the place, everywhere except here, like yeah. on the podcast. Why have they not? I've been chasing them and chasing them. Hello, we need the cheese. <laughs> What's going on? They very quietly seem to sort of launch it this week, 12th, I think 12th of September. It was like Monday, wasn't it? It just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Or yeah, even, out, I think Sunday night, I was like, what? Out what? of nowhere, Cathedral City, the big, big, big dairy giant who, you know, I think most people have, if they're not vegan, have Cathedral City, don't they? Yeah. And, um, yeah, they've launched a plant-based version. They've got um, a block format cheese which is 360 um made from coconut oil and potato starch and then they do a um grated and sliced uh version a grated grated and sliced versions for two pound 30 and that's in tesco so yeah i mean get down there try it it's i mean the reviews on social media have been I've amazing seen. i'm actually tempted to try it you know you've got to molly in the name of journalism <laughs> <laughs> I've seen someone do um cheese on toast and it looked so melty and gooey. But the coconut oil is scaring me because I've known I know that cheeses that I've had before where coconut oil is the main ingredient, I've not liked them. Mm. Um but that doesn't mean I won't give it a try. Mm. Yeah, I mean honestly I've I've not seen one bad word a- about it on all the groups I'm in, people are saying this is a total game changer. So obviously I went straight to Tesco. Did they have it? No. In fact, the whole plant-based section was completely bare. So I don't know what was going on there, whether, you know, I don't know. What's what's going on with that? Maybe this is the effect of um, Animal Rebellion's blockage of the dairy. (laughs) Everyone's gone to just get plant-based dairy now maybe maybe yeah exactly we talked about that last week didn't we about animal rebellion they're they're not going to stop are they they're going to keep going until i um... I don't i don't think they have stopped no i've not i've not been um to the big supermarket in a while in a while since sort of like this whole sort of thing kicked off last week um but have you noticed like the dairy aisles being empty in when you've been no I see I wouldn't even look at the dairy aisle yeah I'm the same I would just walk straight past yeah and that's one of the great things about being vegan you can miss out whole sections of the yeah, supermarket I love it <laughs> I had such a route I planned my list on the aisles that I go down I yeah. got it to tea and my partner will start doing the list and he'd be like I don't know cereal garlic toilet roll oh no and it does my head in oh it really really pisses my me husband's off. like that he oh. I see I'm with cherry I do it all muddled up however oh, I've had what? I have to I've had to train myself over the years because he will take my list and copy it out section by section fruit and veg you know <laughs> uh 
vegan I don't know chilled stuff yeah and it all gets sectioned up into the right bit so as you go around which makes total sense it does make sense it's so um what's the word what's the word um not productive what's I don't know I don't yeah. know it just it just makes sense <laughs> it does but I never thought of that and the other thing as well is putting heavy things in first I mean I never even no one ever yeah. taught me this so I'd just be freezer it all in the bag. yes yep yeah. this is what my mum taught me when I was growing up oh <laughs> well chop effectively well, yeah well done Molly's mum I need to pass this on to my children yes you do it's a life skill <laughs> no, we, we forget don't we we're like no you stay at home going shopping <laughs> actually you need to take them with them <laughs> I one more question about Cathedral City I know that we've not really seen the big block but is this is it going to be as big as the block of Cathedral City like original it's 280 grams I feel like that's probably like the average vegan cheese block size isn't it so I think it's a it's a bit smaller it's going to be mm. more expensive because they're going to have to use kind of different production lines and stuff aren't yeah. they but you know let's it's yeah exciting let's, yeah if you've tried it already email us give your give us your reviews yeah Simply simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk um more exciting products so this continue to kind of dominate the market they're constantly launching new things they've got ready meals now um and we tried their sausages chicken nuggets and chicken goujons um this week i mean the bacon do you buy their bacon i do yeah i do buy their bacon that is the one that i buy um my so we are like very split in my house it's either the this bacon or the sort of streaky style um I think Richmond's and stuff like that do it um I'm all for this I prefer the texture I kind of like it a bit more fibrous whereas I find the streaky sort of um yeah that other sort of bacon. I know what it's... you mean some of it's a bit funny it looks very colorized like with with food yeah, coloring or something and some it, of them and it kind of the texture once it's cooked it just kind of goes a bit like cardboard like it doesn't like it doesn't flake kind of thing yeah bacon should flake but you know what I mean yeah I, I know what you mean I, it does just have a bit of a weird appetite so I'm all for this um so yes when I found out they were doing a frozen range um I was very happy I've not tried sort of the I tried the chicken pieces the chilled chicken pieces but not the chicken tenders and stuff like that which were really nice um the nuggets I could take or leave I'm not gonna lie I did find it to be quite so I put mine in my air fryer and it did let out a lot of oil I don't know whether it was just the water because it was frozen maybe like with the oil um but I mean they were still tasty I still ate them I wasn't like I'm not gonna eat these anymore Of course, yeah. I like get them. Lost <laughs> them down. Yeah, oh. I mean, I mean, I sort of put the kids to the test on the nuggets and goujons, and my husband, and and they were, yeah, they they enjoyed them, and the nuggets did kind of stink the house out a little bit. Mm, um, in what way? I don't know. It was just a quite a sort of. I don't know. It was just quite a strong smell. I don't know what it was, but mm. I, you know, we don't we don't tend to often cook a lot of stuff like that but they're yeah. so handy just to have in the freezer because the amount of times I'm like you know got to cook from scratch got to cook from scratch yeah and then it, I just get caught out because I don't always have time to cook from scratch I know and if, you haven't gone, if you haven't gone to shop if I haven't gone if you haven't gone shopping if you yeah just can't be asked and yeah. you just want a beige dinner 
What if I want a beige dinner? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, my son loved them and he yeah had them with chips and peas and beans, like oh, proper, proper old love. school classic. Um, the sausages, we used to make a casserole, but we mm. cooked them sausages separately rather than in the casserole because I think they go a bit soft, like sausages, vegan sausages in general, don't they? They go a bit soft. Yeah, they do. And I think you kind of want them a bit brown because they're frozen as well. You yeah. Want to- get them a bit caramelized yeah they were really good I like those I definitely buy those again um, yeah, the, the prices seem to vary but I think they're sort of between sort of 225 and three pounds mm. um, at most of the major supermarkets did you know that sorry they've also got like sandwiches now like yes. meal deal sandwiches I saw which is that. bizarre chicken, chicken and stuffing chicken and sweet corn and coronation chicken which I'm desperate to try yeah I think I saw them at WH Smith's yeah, I saw I've that. I've not seen them elsewhere. I think that's very specific, but yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. We should try them. Well, next because time... I love a sandwich. Yeah. Oh God, I love a sandwich. I mean, we're British, aren't we? So we, we love a sandwich. <laughs> next time, anyone listening is down buying Vegan Food and Living magazine from WH Smith. Grab a oh, sandwich as well. Oh my God, should we do a <laughs> partnership? I love that. <laughs> I think we should. We should sponsor them. <laughs> and get us the sandwich. Bring it to us. Yes, please. <laughs> Post Always. it to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other exciting new launch is the um, steak slices from Squeaky Bean. So they're sort of steak pieces and they've also launched some uh beef and horseradish slices so they're like they have indeed yeah so the the steak pieces are like sort of chunks of steak and char grilled char grilled they are really char grilled like that lovely smoky yes yeah i was it's bizarre i was really impressed with these and yeah, get him in a baguette with some mustard mm. and some pickles and all the rest of it. And you're going to be in heaven. They are, yeah, spot on. Um, the, they've got beef and horseradish slices, which are sort of like thinly sliced, like the deli slices. Yes. Was, wasn't so fussed about those. but No, I, think- I didn't get as much of like a horseradish flavour from them. I think I found them a little bit dry. But I think if you put sort of put them in the sandwich with maybe like a bit of... Dijonais, um and some sort of I have to be fair I had it with um Dijonais and sauerkraut and mm. some lettuce or some rocket actually and it was really nice oh yeah this is it sandwiches and anything it's all about what you add isn't it and I yeah. think if you if you pack in all those other flavors and textures and you just gotta yeah. have pickles a good a good base like a good sauce and then have the pickles you got oh, I get so upset if I've not got pickles in my house. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with pickles. <laughs> I mean, imagine, imagine if you got pregnant, you'd just have to like stick your face in a jar of pickles all day long. <laughs> can you not eat? Can you not eat pickles if you're pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to. Yeah. I thought that was like you can't eat like no. shellfish. Not that I'd eat shellfish anyway. <laughs> if I did get pregnant, but yeah, like you can't eat that. I was like, what? No, <laughs> no, it's quite a popular craving. So oh. uh, it's probably you know it's probably like a I don't know a, a, an old wives' tale, but yeah, they always sort of do it in films, don't they? Oh, you want pickles and ice cream? It's like, oh, you must be pregnant. <laughs> Lovely. Sounds really nice. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, Something else really tasty and indulgent um, is the new Pip and Nut Sweet and Salty um, mm. Peanut Butter. Oh, my God. I'm going to do a Molly. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I wasn't as good as you, but so dramatic. It was really good. I had it delivered, it and I got home. My daughter had a face in the jar before I'd even got in. I was like, "What are you doing?" She was like, "It's really nice." <laughs> oh, that. Do you know what I had? Just peanut butter jam on toast. Oh yeah, Benji. Yeah, my son calls it. Um, PP and J? PP? PP? PB and J. He's like, yeah, mom, cover PB and J. God, he's so Americanized. He's, I know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Take out the trash. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> I want to be a part of these arguments in your house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you fit in so well. You and Benji would gang up against me. I'd be like, no. <laughs> yes, we would. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah so nice it's available at Waitrose Sainsbury's in Ocado for three pound but it's a big jar isn't it it's huge yeah and because I think we reviewed um they did a collaboration with Cross Down Donuts <gasps> I think oh, it don't was talk to me about that Molly that <laughs> we'll get so some good. more soon we'll get some more soon we need um it. and they had like an almond butter I think then but the jar was only small so I thought that's just the size of the jars but no this one is like a good mm. proper peanut butter jar size yeah that you can do. <laughs> um oh, I mean aren't we lucky that we live in this world where we have so much choice and I know you know and we can just yeah like have so many amazing vegan options and new ones coming out every single week don't forget you can um follow any new releases be on veganfoodliving.com um as they as they come out Well, as always, we love hearing your feedback. So don't forget to like and subscribe and leave us a review. And like I said, you can email us simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk. We, yeah, we, we can't keep going without you guys. So thank you for listening and keep listening for Chantelle Tomlinson, who's the new dietitian at the Vegan Society. She's answering all your questions on everything from hair loss to eczema to gluten-free eating. Welcome to the podcast, Chantal. How are you? Thank you, Holly. Um, I'm doing well, thank you. Recently had a break um, in a very nice sunny place, so yeah. Oh, lovely. To... Yes. Where did you go? Went to Sardinia, um, oh. an Italian island. So yeah, really nice to get some beach and sun therapy. Amazing. I've always wanted to go to Sardinia. It just yeah, it just looks so beautiful. It is. It is highly recommended. Yeah. Well, you're the new dietitian at the Vegan Society, aren't you? Bef- uh, previously, it was uh, Heather Russell, who we've had on the show before and we work with in the magazine. So we're really excited to be um, meeting you and, and getting to know you. So how did you become a dietitian? Um, so I I guess it might be helpful just to kind of share like what interested me in, in nutrition um kind of growing up my mom was really instrumental uh, she had her own personal interest in nutrition and so she'd always kind of have charts up on the different portions of foods that we needed and even when my brothers were being weaned like she would cook up quinoa porridge and all these different things and she wasn't a vegan or plant-based or vegetarian but she really had that keen interest and I think I picked that up as well growing up so um, my earliest kind of memory of being interested in nutrition um, was when I was at least maybe six years old I grew up in Jamaica and we'd have cooked lunches at school and I remember going to school and coming back home and saying to my mom that there wasn't any kind of salad or vegetables with the meal and I was quite upset at that Um, and so 
I ended up taking my own like chopped up purple cabbage to school um, <laughs> to have with my lunch. And that was me at, I think I was maybe six years old. Um, so yeah, nutrition has kind of been a thing that's been a constant theme. So when it came to kind of choosing um, subjects for GCSEs and then A-levels, I thought about what, you know, skills I had or interest and what I was good at. And the blend came together of wanting to help people um, and wanting to, uh, yeah, have a career helping people. I was interested in the sciences like biology. Um, and so putting that together, nutritionist, dietitian kind of came up. It's kind of encouraged um, to kind of go down the dietetics route. Um, and so I went to university, four year degree um, to become a dietitian. So, yeah, that's, that's the journey. I love that. I can just imagine a little six-year-old you, like all the other kids are going home going, yeah, I had chips. It was great. <laughs> and you're like, mom, there weren't any vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was a good meal. Like in Jamaica, we have like curry, it would have been like curry chicken, rice and peas, like, you know, like really good Jamaican meals. Yeah. But I was just like, no, nah, something, something's missing here. Not enough veg. <laughs> yeah. Not enough veg. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, good on your mom, you know, because, um, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I know when I, I mean, I'm 43 and a bit <laughs> and, um, you know, growing up, you know, my mum liked to think that she's healthy and, and always thought she was doing the best for us. But it was very much carrots, peas and maybe like a frozen chicken pie. It was that sort of like 80s you know kids food that wasn't ever yeah that never really did it for me anyway so at what point did you go vegan then in your sort of uh, journey towards becoming a dietitian um I think it was my second year of university um from my religious background within our church there was like a strong emphasis on health um and being vegetarian and so that was like a strong impetus at the time um so I decided to become vegetarian and then like a few months after that um became vegan so that would have been around seven eight years ago right so you just did you just sort of went vegetarian and then kind of started reading up on things and then going oh not sure about dairy and I wish that, that I could say that but it was I was kind of plunged into it initially um I'd gone on like a four-month camp and I just had vegan food and then after that, I think I was probably lactose intolerant, but I'd never really fully avoided dairy. Um, but after that four month stint of not having any dairy after being vegetarian for a few months, I tried to have dairy and it just wasn't agreeing with me at all. And I thought, you know what, it's actually for the better. And initially it was like, I was kind of resentful, like why? Yeah. But as I, <laughs> as I got into it and I would start to learn more about like the benefits of kind of having a plant-based diet and then learning more about, you know, the impact on animals and the environment. And I was like, you know what, this, my body did me a favor in making it easier for me to avoid dairy. Cause I think it would have been hard to cut out things like cheese and, and milk. Um, but now that I've been doing it for so many years, it would be hard to go back. Like, yeah. I, yeah. It, it wouldn't be wouldn't be for me so exactly. yeah we we all arrive at veganism through different paths don't we and you know sometimes mm -hmm. you know someone won't know anything about the sort of animal impact of, of veganism or you know of, of eating meat and dairy and things and they might arrive at it from you know from wanting better skin or like you say being intolerant to dairy and then it kind of leads you down that path so I don't think there's any right or wrong way um, well, 
I thought we could sort of delve into some questions because I know lots of our listeners and um, the team at Vegan Food and Living um, just you know, get very excited when they talk to um, dietitians because it's like, oh my God, I have so many questions. So <laughs> first of all, let's let's um, just touch on the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist because I think a lot of people are confused and I know I often get confused. So in what circumstances would we need to see each of them and what's the difference between the two? Yeah, that's a, a really great question. It comes up a lot. Um, so the key difference is that uh, a dietitian is kind of the only qualified, regulated uh, nutrition professional. So to be able to call myself a dietitian, I've had to do either degree, the four year degree, three year degree um, or like the master's in dietetics. And that involves doing a clinical placement. So um, I think that's one of the significant differences as well um, between a nutritionist and a dietitian. Um, dietitians often work with clinical patients. So an example might be someone who's in hospital, they had a road traffic accident and they're not able to eat, they're not able to swallow. Um, so they're getting their nutrition through a tube. And so a dietitian would kind of assess what needs to go into that tube to ensure they're getting their needs. And a, a nutritionist wouldn't be qualified to be able to work to that level. Um, however, a nutritionist, um, the thing with being a nutritionist is that you can do any course on nutrition and then be able to call yourself a nutritionist. Um, there are routes in which you can voluntarily register with the association um, for nutritionists um, and therefore there are regulations and standards. It's all about standards and knowing who you can trust to give you that nutrition information. So if someone did want to get uh, maybe more in-depth kind of guidance on nutrition, healthy eating, a nutritionist that's registered is you know that's a route you could go um, or if you want to kind of make sure that you know this person definitely has a code of conduct to abide by um, and are qualified to give you nutrition information then you can you know go through a, a dietitian and often dietitians work in the NHS as well so you can go through a GP and get a referral to a dietitian um, to cover a range of different diet related kind of issues. Yeah. I think there's so many diet related issues these days, aren't there? With, you know, sort of modern Western diets being so full of kind of processed products. And, you know, I think it leads to all kinds of difficulties. Um, well, let's kick off with some questions then, if you're happy for me to. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> rapid fire round. <laughs> all right, I'm ready. Okay. What's the best way to eat? Is it three times a day or is it little and often? Okay, so um, with my dietitian hat, I've got the answer for people that maybe, um, you know, maybe have health conditions that impact their appetite and how much they're able to eat at one meal. So I'll start off with that. So um, there might be people that are elderly or maybe even having things like anxiety can affect um, appetite levels. And so it's harder, it can be harder for some people to eat three kind of solid meals um, to get enough nutrition over the course of the day. And so it may be beneficial to then have um, six smaller meals in, able to, in order to get the right nutrition. And I think the key is finding a way to eat that allows you to be able to get enough nutrition over the day. So enough energy, the calories, vitamins and minerals. Um, for the typical person, I know the, the standard way of eating is three meals a day. Um, some people kind of find that you know, having a larger gap 
from the evening meal to the morning sometimes known as intermittent fasting is helpful others find that it's not so practical because if you go out to eat and that's in the evening that interferes at the timing and so it's not a way that I'd say I recommend like everyone needs to do that um, because I think our bodies are so unique and so it's important that we find a way that works for us um, but yeah having three meals having snacks is fine again it's it's also useful to look at are you eating the, enough calories or are you eating too many calories? If so, maybe snacking you need to cut down on or choose lower calorific snacks. So going for more fruit and veg based snacks um, or as a vegan, it might be helpful to maximize your snacks, get some calcium rich um, snacking, you know, like a yogurt or getting your nuts in um, that contain, you know, useful amounts of protein, vitamins and minerals. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my answer to that question. Like you say, we are all unique. And I think we're all looking for that sort of perfect answer. Like, yes, the dietitian says, but actually it's kind of sometimes about listening to what your body's telling you and what's right for you. Yeah. And I think even what's right for you, if you're perhaps training for a, I don't know, a marathon or a half marathon is, right. is not going to be what's right for you when you're back doing your desk job and not doing the training that's so true so true so yeah I think it is about you know I know since kind of going full-time and becoming you know editor of the magazine I'm sat down a lot more and you know I I don't need as many (laughs) as many calories which is so unfair Mm. (laughs) um well touching on sort of you know things like um calories and weight and things like that um a vegan diet can be quite carb heavy can't it and I think that can sometimes lead to weight gain. What would you recommend? So um, I think one of the the principles that can be really helpful Mm -hmm. is imagining when you're having your meal, thinking about the proportions of foods in that meal. So how much of that are your carbs? How much of it is kind of veg or salad? How much of it are your protein foods? So like beans, peas, lentils, and all things like tofu or meat alternatives. and then how much of that is, you know, added fat as well. Um, and it's aiming for having more of your plate to be with the vegetables or salad because they're really high in fiber, low in fat. So if you're bulking up on that, you're kind of feeling full. So it's not that you're not um, getting enough nutrition, you're feeling full, you're feeling satisfied, um, but it kind of gets that proportion in, a, you know, better, um, yeah, getting it, having it better proportioned. Um So one of the things would be if you find that you're putting on that weight is kind of thinking about your fruit and veg intake. And if you are overweight, even thinking about having more of your fruit and veg intake to come from vegetables as the the fruit will provide additional calories. Um, Of course, having a fruit over a chocolate bar, I'll always say go for the fruit Um, in terms of if we're looking at, you know, even calories, you'll get more nutrition from um, a fruit. Um, Another thing to consider is um, how much protein are you having? And that's, I think, important for being a vegan in general. Sometimes we don't often prioritize protein in our meals. And we recommend that if you can aim for every meal to have a good quality source of protein. So that's things like, you know, kidney beans, chickpeas, lentils, tofu, seitan, um, and even some carbohydrates like um, wild rice, buckwheat are also great sources of protein as well. So protein kind of helps to keep you fuller as well. So um, making sure that you're having that in each of your meals. Uh, another thing that's useful is thinking about where your fats are coming from. So I know you mentioned about the carbs, um, even just thinking of the balance of, 
of the diet thinking of having healthier fats so you know even thinking about omega-3 fats um linseeds flax seeds shelled hemp seeds um, and walnuts are where you'll get your omega-3 fats from and then using like rapeseed oil in cooking but again being mindful of how much you're having um it's a healthier form of fat but fat is still calorific so if you're having too much it can lead to weight gain um so yeah and then another thing to to consider as well since you're on the topic of weight gain is where you're getting your what what your fluids are like so if you're drinking a lot of alcohol or you know sugar sweetened drinks um even fruit juice beyond kind of a small glass of 150 mils if you're having a lot of that daily or a lot of sugar and tea um that that can contribute as well so i guess it's it's all about looking at the balance um and just a plug here on our vegan society website nutrition pages we have a checklist um, for things that vegans can look out for daily um, and we have an app as well that can be useful to keep track because it can be hard if you're you know you don't have this knowledge to know am I getting the balance right and I think that's a really good kind of starting point. Brilliant yeah I'll have to look that app up. Um, is it just the vegan society app? Yeah so if you go on to um, vegansociety.com forward slash nutrition on our nutrition pages um it'll bring you to our overall page and it has the v nutrition app um and okay. that's the app that will kind of give that that checklist brilliant yeah i think if you are new to veganism it can seem like such a minefield can't it and you're mm-hmm. you're sort of forever wor- worrying about you know getting the balance right and things um so this is a another question from a listener about um thinning hair so could this be due to diet or just aging and um what foods could help um sort of preventing um hair loss or or thinning hair Mm. yeah that's a really great question um so it is normal for all of us to to lose some hair and just natural part of how the body works um but of course i know that it can get to that point where it's too much hair loss or the hair is significantly thinning um so I think the the key is to realize that there are different causes um, of hair loss. Um, It can be related to kind of hormones. It can be related to kind of health conditions. Um, There are some diet related factors. Um, So being conscious of like how much protein, um, iron and zinc um, you're having in the diet. These are are nutrients that are part of kind of helping hair to grow healthy and well. Um, So again, I think one of the key messages, if people don't um, remember everything that I say, uh, I think the key is to look at the overall balance of your diet and are you including all of the the different food groups and nutrients. Um, And the greatest thing is thinking about um, hair loss or just hair health. Protein, zinc and iron-rich foods are often packaged in the same foods, like the beans, peas and lentils, nuts and seeds are where we find these nutrients. So if you're including daily sources of this then that that can be beneficial not just for our our hair but just you know kind of general health and the different roles those nutrients have um one thing that I would say that is because of the the different causes that you know hair loss the different things that might cause hair loss it's important to speak to a GP about this um because they'll be able to go in the right direction to find out what's actually causing this if it's iron deficiency you know it's a blood test that would help to identify that um but a starting point again can just be looking at the overall 
balance of your diet and that checklist again um, can be a great place to kind of help pinpoint where you know where in the diet might need some extra kind of help yeah it's it's kind of um it always seems to be a case of picking picking it apart doesn't it you know like you say starting perhaps with going to the gp and telling them your concerns and then maybe getting that blood test and then that doesn't show up and you know and then kind of going down that road of what could it be um but it's mm. great it's great to have those tips as to what we can you know sort of make sure we're we're adding i mean things like um nuts and seeds are always great if you can throw them on your breakfast cereal you can stick them on your exactly. salads um i mean i yeah i stick pumpkin seeds on everything if, <laughs> if it doesn't have nuts or seeds on top <laughs> it doesn't feel right anymore <laughs> right exactly and just to add on that as well another thing that i've just remembered it's there's an amino acid called lysine that's really important um that often in some of the protein containing foods it's one that's not always as high and so it's important to kind of choose protein sources that have that amino acid and so just some examples um, beans like chickpeas kidney beans pinto beans um, lentils are great for this as well soya food so like edamame uh, tofu tempeh um, as well as like soya milk um, seitan, quinoa, pistachios, pumpkin seeds. Um, so those are particularly high in that lysine, which um, can be helpful with kind of hair as well. So um, that's important for us all as vegans um, to, you know, include these kind of sources in our diet daily. Um, that, that's another area as well to, to think about. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Um, I know a lot of people struggle when they're gluten intolerant with being vegan as well and it, it's a question that comes up a lot I know it's one of the reasons that my sister stopped being vegan um how, what would you advise because it can be tricky can't it like I said the the mm. vegan diet can be quite carb heavy and if you're cutting out gluten and you're vegan it can sometimes just be a bit overwhelming so what advice would you give to anyone who who does struggle with eating gluten yeah, I think it's a really restrictive combination. And I know personally, if I had to cut out gluten, I would I would be really sad. I'd be really, really, really sad because <laughs> I, I, I love carbs. Yeah. Um, so I understand that it, that is a restrictive combination. And I would say that the first things that I'd want to ask why that person is cutting out gluten, is it because they have celiac disease? Is it like a they've actually found that gluten is causing, you know, certain symptoms. Has it been diagnosed? Um, so that's something I'd want to explore first to know that that person needs to cut out gluten um, because often there is an hysteria about, oh, we need to cut out gluten, we need to cut out gluten. And I think it's not always necessary. And so people might be unnecessarily putting themselves through this difficulty of potentially missing out on, on key nutrients as well. Um, so that would be the first thing. Um, secondly, I would say that I guess like with being vegan, I feel that planning, planning is important for everyone in terms of meat eater, vegan or whatever diet you choose. Um, but especially with this combination, it's important to plan your diet and think about, um, where you're going to, you're going to get these foods from. Because if you cut out carbs completely, you might find that you're weak and lacking in energy there's b vitamins you could be missing out on um, there's fiber that comes in a lot of um, carbohydrate foods um, especially if you choose the high fiber options the whole grain um, varieties and so it's important to plan have a menu write a list um, check out the the celiac uk website they actually have recipes that are 
like they have a section for vegan and gluten-free recipes so you won't have to worry like is this gluten-free or not you can get that combination there already um maybe even just having a list of like the gluten-free carbohydrate sources so um looking for uh pasta that is made from you know you can get them made from like lentils and and peas these days as well um or rye um sorry buckwheat or brown rice um pasta um you can also get some carbohydrates from things like beans and peas so maybe even utilizing more of that um rice and potatoes are naturally um kind of gluten-free so maybe you know having more of, of those kind of foods another thing to be mindful of is is looking for where you can get the fiber so um if you are having those kind of gluten-free options trying to find the the higher fiber um, variety so ones that are whole grain rather than just like the white um pasta for example white bread um so yeah and another thing I think is as well as the planning is experimenting so I think with being vegan I found that when it started to become easier was when I thought okay I'm just going to need to be creative look for new recipes and be willing to try new things and I think that's the same with having a gluten-free diet um, because often things aren't made in the same way and it might taste a bit different and it might take a bit of trial and error and so I think just being willing to try new recipes and I mean the internet is great these days like YouTube and Instagram reels and such and so just kind of look for for those recipes um, and still keep those kind of principles I've mentioned already in terms of a general you know healthy vegan diet Um, and yeah hopefully that that helps yeah I guess it's about looking for the naturally gluten-free options isn't it rather than going to the supermarket and going right um gluten-free bread or gluten-free I don't know um you know cakes or whatever and it's not necessarily they're so expensive for a start aren't they they Um, are so yeah um what about turmeric then so we all often hear how amazing it is um, is you know is it really this sort of wonder um, spice and um, if so how much should we be eating and how can we incorporate more into our diets obviously we all know about like scrambled tofu putting it a little bit of turmeric in there but um, mm. apart from that and curries it's sometimes a bit hard to to sort of pack it into your diet isn't it yeah so I think um as a dietitian, I recommend that people really try and focus on having a variety of foods, um, variety of fruit and vegetables, um, the beans, peas, lentils, nuts and seeds um, to get that balance of nutrients. I think sometimes we can fall in the trap of isolating specific foods or specific nutrients and really focusing on that as if it's a magic bullet to all of our problems. Um, and we miss out on the simple things that we can be doing so for example we might say okay like okay turmeric does have some effects but we might say I'm going to focus on buying these turmeric supplements but then we're buying everything processed like all of our foods are processed we're not eating at least five portions of fruit and veg we're having white bread white pasta Um, so you could actually focus on making some swaps switching that white bread to whole wheat bread um, switching that meat alternative to some beans or lentils um and that can have a similar effect you know in in improving our health um so yeah that's just a just an introduction there but yes turmeric has been kind of used over the centuries especially in um kind of india and that parts of those parts of the world um 
due to their kind of anti-inflammatory and antioxidant benefits. Uh, so this is an area of research I've seen it is constantly kind of developing. And I think there's not necessarily enough research for me to recommend that everyone needs to have a turmeric capsule in their diet daily. Now, if you're using turmeric in cooking, I think you you know you might have some benefits. And another thing to bear in mind is with the research, it's often large amounts of turmeric that you might need, which is not what you would kind of consume daily, um, or that you would need to for for kind of general health. Um, but there is some research that shows that for osteoarthritis, so a type of arthritis that um, you know kind of causes inflammation, that it can be helpful. Um, but that would be something that I would recommend that people speak to their GP about if they have a health condition and they're thinking about taking turmeric to discuss that. Um, but in terms of for general health, I would really focus on trying to have a variety of fruit and vegetables, which also have antioxidant properties um, and going for a variety of colours. Um, the more colours you have, the more you know you have a variety of nutrients Um and not just stopping at five portions. If you can have six or seven or eight, then even better. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I would say on that. OK, so we don't need to start sprinkling turmeric on everything. <laughs> that's good to hear. No, I mean, the, the taste can be quite strong. I know I've <laughs> been a bit heavy sometimes on a scrambled tofu and it's, yeah, it's not oh, been pleasant. <laughs> nothing worse is there. You're like, I've ruined no, it. <laughs> I've literally done that so many times and it's been so annoying. I'm like, I Chantal, know. you need to start measuring this out because <laughs> it's I not know. one you can just brush off and think like, oh, yeah. you're fine. Like it really can ruin a dish. Yeah. I think I think the longer you're vegan, you get a bit cocky, don't you? Like, I don't need to follow a recipe. <laughs> Shake it in. And then I sit down with my daughter and she's like, mum, I'm like, oh, for goodness sake. So I, I usually kind of balance it out with a little bit of like a garve syrup or something to try and, try and mm. take the bitterness away. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good tip. <laughs> Measure it out. Um, well, one more listener question. So um, this is about eczema, which which I know a lot of people I've spoken to both on and off the podcast have said that um, ex- their eczema's cleared up when they've gone vegan. I think it seems to be dairy that seems to be the the game changer, you know, when when it comes to, um, you know, getting rid of eczema. Um, but uh, this listener's um, found that it's come back. So could this be diet related or could it be stress? What what would you recommend if someone came to you with that issue? Um, so I think as with the, the hair loss um, question, eczema can be caused um, by different factors and different things can trigger eczema. So as well as kind of diet related like allergies, um, it could be due to certain uh, skin products that you're using that you're developing a, a reaction to or even things like the weather like certain climates um, it could be certain materials like wearing certain clothes that can aggravate it um, it can be hormonal changes that could be causing the eczema and so if this person found that they changed their diet and then it cleared up but then now it's come back then it might be that it's not related to their diet at this point and it's it's something else um, so again the GP is really the first kind of port of call to assess why that eczema is happening um yeah and if it's if it was to be diet related then just doing some experimentation and looking at you know if you have certain foods does it cause a flare-up or if stressful conditions can because that can be a factor as well um so yeah it doesn't sound so clear with this um if it 
is the diet and if so what it is so yeah, yeah that would would need more kind of individualized support um so through a gp and then maybe you know referral to a, a dietitian yeah would be helpful for that we're surrounded by so many kind of chemicals aren't we and like you say you know modern synthetic fabrics and things like that it's just it's hard to unpick what it could be mm-hmm. but um yeah I think you know definitely the dare giving up the dairy does seem to help but um yeah if it's if it's sort of continuing then you need to maybe do a bit more yeah a bit more work um well just to finish what about supplements it's that ongoing question and, and you get the meat eaters mm-hmm. saying well how can a vegan diet be healthy if you need to take supplements what's your opinion on that so I think um as I've, I think I've already mentioned that generally food is what we kind of recommend if you can get your nutrients through food um then that's really what you know what we should try to do um and I think when it comes to this question of vegans taking supplements and there's a lot of bashing that can happen that you know like is is can a vegan diet really be contain all our nutrients if we need supplements but I think it's important that when we make this decision that it's a holistic decision that we're making as well it's not just about our diet but it's the the fact that by removing animal products um we are kind of helping animals in the environment and so supplements provide that way to get that nutrition in order for our for our bodies to to survive um and also to think that it's not just vegans that need to take supplements. Supplements are recommended for different groups. So everyone needs to take a vitamin D supplement um, in the UK, especially between kind of October and March. Um, so that's often neglected in the conversation. Um, that's something that's recommended for everyone. Those that are pregnant need to take certain kind of supplements. Children need to take supplements regardless of their diet type of vitamins A, C and D. Um, and so supplements are really there to fill in where food might be kind of missing so for a vegan um the supplements that we kind of recommend um for people to take are vitamin b12 so you could either get this from fortified foods so things like nutritional yeast or fortified breakfast cereals um but if you're not having those daily then a supplement would kind of help to make sure that you're meeting that need and it's really important um because the, the effects of a deficiency can be quite kind of serious um so yeah vitamin d12 um vitamin d as i mentioned um is recommended for everyone especially as we're you know entering into october to kind of march those winter months Sorry, i'm going to um, cry <laughs> It's really sad, isn't it? I felt the cold this morning and I was like, no, we really are entering winter. I don't like it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so vitamin D, uh, vitamin B12 and then iodine and selenium, I think, are ones that people might not necessarily think about, um, but they are found in plant foods um, but in kind of varying amounts and it depends on the soil that they're grown in so we do recommend that for a reliable intake so to ensure that you definitely are meeting those requirements um, to take a supplement for those Uh, so an example of a supplement that provides these nutrients would be the vegan society's veg one um, and another additional kind of consideration in terms of supplements is for kind of long chain omega-3 fats so our body can produce this in the yeah body produces this from eating foods like chia seeds or flax seeds walnuts um but for those that are kind of pregnant breastfeeding for children uh, there is a greater need for those long chain omega-3 fats for like brain and eye development and so 
for those groups, that would be an extra kind of supplement that we'd recommend. Um, so I would say for a vegan, those would be kind of the, the key ones to look out for. Um, and I don't think there's any shame or any, you know, it shouldn't be seen as a negative thing, um, but just a way that we are looking after our health. Um, now, if you were choosing not to have supplements and not to get these nutrients, then I think that, yeah, that would be maybe irresponsible, not quite looking after your health as much. So, um, yeah, aiming to have a, a variety of whole plant foods, utilising those fortified foods, you know, things like the fortified plant milks, breakfast cereals, nutritional yeah. yeast, and then topping up with those nutrients that we can't get as well from plants um, or yeah. at all, like vitamin B12, then that that should help to yeah have your bases covered. The, the great thing about veg one is it's not really expensive either is it so, no no uh, I like that and you know yeah I can definitely vouch for that being one that um I take and my daughter takes um you can get that over on the vegan society website can't you so um yes yeah, you can anyone listening head over there Chantal you've been amazing that we've packed in so much to such a short <laughs> amount of time you can go and have a nice cup of tea now and just breathe a sigh of relief you've literally like <laughs> given us so much information but it's so lovely to have you on the show it's been really nice chatting to you thank you no problem thanks for having me well that's it from the team here at simply vegan um don't forget you can head to veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast to sign up to our newsletters and also try an issue of vegan food and living magazine for just 99p and tune in next Thursday when I'll be chatting to Ivana Lynch of Harry Potter fame and Dr. Melanie Joy, who have teamed up to create a new podcast called Just Beings. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.